Hello everybody, how are you doing? Colin Taylor here and welcome to Is That A Dog Hair In My Tea? We have the pleasure of having Katie Rourke Dowding with us today. So, you know what? Chill out, sit back, make a cup of tea, grab some biscuits, groom in a dog, have fun doing that and listen, and we will be with you in a few. All right. So, I hope everybody's doing good. I'm going to call Katie right now. So let's just press that little green button and we can bring her into this podcast today. We're going to have fun. Fun, 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 fun. Hello. Hello, Katie. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you, Colin? I'm doing good. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you just fine. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you fine. You have to excuse me. I've got a little bit of the sniffles. I was... um. Uh, the last couple of days, I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm coming down with a cold. And I woke up, and I'm like, oh, when you're all bunged up, or I'm not yeah. too sure if it's allergies. It could be even allergies. But anyway, that's okay, because the show must go on. So, um, Katie, can you tell us a little bit so the listeners can find out um, a little bit more about yourself? First of all, um, what did you do before you started grooming, and how long have you been grooming, and the name of your business? Oh, okay, fine. Um, I was a dog trainer before I got into grooming and grooming was only ever going to be a stopgap until my kids were old enough for me to be able to go back to training. I never anticipated getting bitten by the bug um, like I did. So um, I picked up my first set of slippers in 2003 and I'm a self-taught groomer. Oh, wow. That's a, that's amazing. And so, um, so you've got your business now and obviously you do lots and lots of seminars when it comes to educating the groomer about exactly how to make a living and also where your money's going, which I think is amazing. And also, what else do, have you developed in the grooming industry? Um, I developed something called the Sensei Backdrop two years ago uh, because I, I suffered from a bad back and my husband built me um, a, a backdrop that is a fixed thing on my table. It's actually, actually, it has hinges now. Uh, so it goes up and goes down when I need it. But um, that wasn't something that we could sell to the general grooming population. So it took about five years of playing around with different ideas before we came up with the very first fabric backdrop. And uh, that went on sale for the first time in January 2019. Uh-huh. And um, it's been doing really well ever since. Really pleased that I'm able to help so many groomers groom without having any pain in their lower back at all. That's amazing. So let's give you a round of applause. Because that's, yay! Everybody (laughs) needs appreciation. It's so, so important. And and that's really, really good. I mean, you know, and we'll talk about that in a minute because I totally get where you're coming from about creating, developing products to make our jobs a lot easier. Now, I don't groom per se anymore I do maybe some dogs in a seminar or but mainly it's education so but I have to say when I do groom and it could be in a seminar or it could be whatever if I'm prepping that dog it can be a nightmare but we'll come back to that so um you groom do you groom five days a week or that's um yeah yeah no I, I well up until the end of this year I'm doing Monday to Friday um I jumped Saturdays about four years ago and I had a whole bunch of clients throw their hands up in horror and say, oh, my God, we'll never get to you and we'll have to go somewhere else. And I said, OK, 
and one by one they all managed somehow to get somebody to bring the dog uh-huh. back to me. Um, and I think I lost one, maybe maybe two, but that was it. Uh, uh-huh. I think if, if people like you, and it's not necessarily that I'm a brilliant groomer because I wouldn't put myself in that class at all. I'm just, I'm just averagely good. But I think people either really like me or they really hate me. <laughs> and those that really like me will do anything they can to stay. So they, they alter their plans and, exactly. and make it work for them. Well, you know what I've always said? And, you know, when people say to me, oh, I can never close on Saturday. It's my busiest day. And I'm like, well, that's because you've created a busy day. And just like if you was to groom on a Sunday, Sunday would be your busiest day also because people don't necessarily work. However, I will say this, anything I've wanted personally in my life, I've had to work my schedule around it so I could have it or go to it or attend it. So I've always told people exactly what you said. They will have a little complaint. And however, you will probably find all of them, but if not all, most of them will find a way to get to you. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And those that don't, well, you know, they're replaced by people who can, so it's Absolutely. not that much of a problem. Exactly. So no. my plan, yeah, no, uh, my plan for my plan for this year coming is that I drop another day. So I'm going to drop Friday, and uh, um, I've already scheduled that out. I use the Savvy Pet Spa software, and so I've been able to schedule my my weekdays so that when people go online to see what appointments are available, they can no longer see Friday from January 2020. Mm-hmm. And um, and obviously my, my holidays are already booked in as well. So I've, I've planned those well in advance. I, I don't know where I'm going or if I'm going anywhere, but I know which weeks I've got off to go if I am going somewhere. Absolutely. And um, I've, I've also booked these Fridays out so that I have more time to do. I've, I've got several projects that I'm, I'm quite excited about that I can't talk about at the moment that I'm working on. Um, but these things need time and time is something I just never really have. So since my husband who works on these projects with me is also off on Fridays, I thought Friday would be a good day to schedule off so we can actually schedule some time together to work on these projects. Well, you know what? I, I, think, it's a, I think it's a great idea. And to be fair, when, when I first moved back to the UK, I was working up in Scotland at Scott Room with, with Agnes Murphy. And Agnes Murphy, she works um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, just Friday, Saturday and Sunday off. And I absolutely love that schedule. And just the same, just exactly the same. You know, when you have a busy life or you have children, and we have lots and lots of single mums in this industry, but, you know, I think it's the the um, the fear. People are scared or they assume, just like people assume, oh, that person would never pay that in my area or that person wouldn't do this. It makes me laugh. And it all comes down to because we self-doubt ourselves. And if you're self-doubting yourselves, you're never going to really push yourself forward. Now, what I've liked about what you've done is you've gone at the approach of you want to make, um, you, you want to groom less dogs and make more money. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've always wanted to do the minimum number of dogs I can, I can do in a day, charging the maximum that I possibly can so that I can give those dogs and those owners 100% devotion rather than race through a great deal more dogs and charge a lot less and then feel that I might not have done the best room that I could possibly manage. Um, okay, now, now you don't have to give me the exact 
price, and I'm not telling people they have to, we're not price fixing, but what is the average price to come to you? Let's just say a Bichon. What would a, a Bichon expect to pay, you know, to, to, you know, to have Katie groom? Um, between 76 and 85, um, I would charge extra if it was a new dog and it was matted. Um, I charge double that if it's a shave down, but the next groom is free and it's within four weeks' time. Okay, wow. That's because amazing. Yeah, okay. I, so what, what I want is that if a dog is really matted and, and it has to be shaved off, because I'm assuming that our listeners are not just going to be groomers, so for the people out there who don't groom, they probably don't realise that that dog's skin is going to be really super sensitive for the next couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, and you may not get the best groom that you possibly can on, on the dog, even if you're shaving it off, because a matted dog's not quite so easy to shave off as a dog that you're doing a preemptive shave because it's going to go away on a, a, a beach holiday, for instance. Mm-hmm. And I guess quite a few of my, my uh, clients will ask for the beach cut now because they know that they want to have a holiday too and not be grooming their dogs every night when they come off the beach. Exactly, so, exactly. But a, a shave down will leave may leave irritated skin. It may leave sticky outfits. It will definitely not leave a groom that I'm proud of. So I want that dog back in a month's time so that I can tidy it up and make it look a lot prettier. Oh, that's really but good. I know, I know there's not going to be enough coat growth. And if you're going to charge the client a second time to do that, then the client's not going to come back because they're going to look at the dog and say, I can live with that. Well, they might be able to, but I can't because it's mm-hmm. my groom and my reputation at the end of their lead. So I just charge double in the app from the, on that, that first groom and then they come in for the second groom. And I can give the dog a really nice ride the second time round so that it's not a, an anxious groom and it's not stressful. And they, they learn that grooming here is nice, not a horrible thing to happen. So is the 70-plus pounds groom, is that for a regular dog or is that the dog that comes in for the second time for the free haircut? No, that's a regular dog. So so if it's a shave down because of neglect, then it would be a, a, a 150-plus. Wow. Okay. And, and whereabouts are you located again? I'm in Ascot in Berkshire. Okay. Okay. Now, and that, one thing I want people to remember is... When people, especially on social media, because it drives me crazy, when people say, <laughs> can you give me a price check, please? And um, first of all, you know what? Run your own race. Don't chase other people. Don't go with what other people say necessarily. And, you know, I always tell people when they're coming into this industry, have some kind of game plan like you have. And, you know, what? and you've actually said just what we've been talking about throughout the other podcast, where you do not have to be a competitive groomer or the best groomer in the world to to have a successful business but you no, do, but you do have to have people skills and you do have to have good grooming skills it hasn't got to be the best you just got to be good and have amazing customer service do you agree with that oh 100 percent. it um i go above and beyond for all of my clients um i i know that because i've been in the business now for 30 years I can spot a lame dog. I can spot a dog that's going downhill. And you may not even be able to put your thumb on it as to why that dog's not right this time. Mm-hmm. But I will always point that out to the owner and make sure they go and get the dog's blood done and get a good vet check done. And yeah. nine times out of ten, it will spot something hopefully early enough for, the, for it to be treatable. Exactly. Unfortunately, not, that's not always the case. But I'm lucky my dogs are in every four to six weeks. So... I, I will see something perhaps well in advance of when they would. 
Exactly. Oh, oh, absolutely. Okay. So I want everybody to just listen to what Kay just said four to six weeks and what she's charging. You don't have to charge that much money or whether you think it's a lot, but please remember you don't have to also undervalue yourself and charge 25 pounds or 30 pounds. And you know what? And and Colin, if you break it down, I do, I include in that I grind all nails, I don't cut them, and that's personal preference and because. The sound of nail cutters going through a nail actually makes me physically feel sick. Uh-huh. And I also do teeth included in that. So the dog's teeth are being done and their nails are being ground and they're getting a good groom. It's not great, but it's good. And, uh, um, uh, and that you can stay on top of their teeth if they're coming in every four weeks. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and, and what, what, you know, the other thing, what you just said, it's a good groom. And what I, what we've been stressing out to, all the listeners, and obviously, you know, I'm hoping pet owners are going to listen to this. But you know what? The we stress too much about a haircut because we are the only people that judge that dog on a haircut. The owners judge their dog on the love of that dog because they love the animal. You know, you I mean, like my dog Jigsaw. If you saw him, you'd be mortified because I go to the woods every day and I just shave him all off with a seven F wide. He's 13 years old and he is happy. So I don't look at him through that haircut where a lot of groomers do. So what we have to start doing is understanding just what you're doing. You're doing a good haircut. The owners are happy. You're charging the maximum price. You're grooming less dogs. And it gives you more time to do things like not be stressed out with your job, not get burnt out, have some days off, have a proper schedule, and um, hopefully, you know, like have some time to sit down and do things like this. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. You know, and it's so going back to your dog training years. So, um, would you say being a dog trainer has helped you immensely with the grooming? Yes, because I think handling is is massively important, um, and it, it does worry me quite enormously when I see um, some of the questions that are being asked on some of the groomer groups, which would imply that some of these new groomers aren't being taught any handling skills at all in in school mm-hmm. yeah i totally agree with that i totally that agree. is a worry i i'd also like to point out that i i also see quite a lot of people who say that they charge a lot less for puppy grooms uh-huh. and <laughs> as a as a trainer i'd like to ask any dog trainer who gives away free lessons because none of us do Exactly. So why are we giving away free training because it was puppy? Because as far as I'm concerned, it, because it was a puppy, it needed more considerate and careful handling and it needed training so that it could get used to all of the equipment that you use on it. Uh, and therefore, you're, although you're investing in an easier groom for yourself in the future, you may well be investing in an easier groom for somebody else. So, and that client needs to pay for that. Well, you know what? You know, exactly. And this is a very, very you know, common thing that I see. And you know why? And I, I've gone around and around in my head with this kind of scenario and why we do what we do. And I totally believe, and I I always come back to, on on one of my birthdays, and it was Linda, Linda, my neighbor, her birthday is a little bit after us. Anyway, Coleman and somebody else, they put together a surprise birthday cake for me and Linda. And I, and I, and this does have a point, believe me, what leads up to this conversation. Anyway, so this birthday cake came, was presented to us, and it was a castle 
with gargoyles and this book and the book, and it was amazing it was absolutely incredible and i said oh my god that must have cost you a fortune he goes no it was 60 pounds i'm thinking oh my god so this is an obviously another industry where it's built mainly on passion and for some reason people that do jobs out of passion seem to think but it has no value you yeah, know, uh, you yeah. Know, you it's, know. It's, it's like artists, aren't they? They're worth nothing until they're dead. Yeah, exactly. Uh, absolutely. And it amazed me, this birthday cake, and I'm thinking, my God, if this birthday cake was made in London or New York, it'd be like £500 easy. Easy. Yeah. Because people, yeah. people would put a value on that and say, you know what, this is amazing, I'm amazing at what I do, and you're going to pay the price. And in my opinion, you know, when it comes to grooming also – we seem to have done it sometime as a child for fun or we groomed our own dog and whatever. And maybe somebody said, oh, you should look into that for a living. And then before we know what we do and we kind of do it because we feel like we're doing it because we love the dogs and we don't like enjoy working around people. And I'm like, well, actually, I would much rather you respect the dogs and love the dogs because... I love my dog, okay? I love my dog. I respect other people's dogs because they're in my care. And um, yeah. so I've always found it interesting. And I'm glad you said that about a puppy because a puppy, can, uh, some puppies stand like statues on the table and some puppies can make you want to go home, down a bottle of wine and a <laughs> cheese board. And I always say to people, you really shouldn't think... But there's no work involved because there's so much work yep. involved. Yep. Personally, I go for the intravenous gin, Colin. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too funny. <laughs> too funny. But it, it's true and it amazes me. And, 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 and I do have to agree also, and I'm not stating that every school doesn't, but I would, I would almost like people that went into grooming school to go in – have to do a, manda a mandatory, and it could even be an online course with one day, uh, you know, with maybe a taste a day. But I really believe that people should um, have to have some kind of underpinning knowledge of handling or what they are really getting themselves involved yeah, it's, with. It's the, a knowledge of canine behaviour is essential, as is a knowledge of canine anatomy. Because if you start pulling legs around in a, in a way that they don't move, uh -huh. you're going to cause issues and you're going to hurt the dog. And if you hurt the dog, it's going to turn around and bite you. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of these bites that, that I'm seeing could possibly have been prevented if the groomer in question had had more training. Absolutely. I, I, and you know what? I, I think also, and um, I saw a... Um, webinar recently and I absolutely adore the person and I was shocked with how the legs were being contortioned and I think yeah. people have to realize but you know rear legs are put together by you know by you know bone and socket front legs are mainly uh, muscles and tendons and people have to realize that you know what it's not comfortable to lift a back back leg out over it's top line of that dog's body and I when I lift the back leg I lift the back leg into the body not outwards and especially with the front leg I don't lift the leg 
out sideways. I lift it in front or just behind yeah. it. And I think people, that's very, it's so, so true what you said about, you know, understanding anatomy and also understanding body language and also understanding traits in dogs. And it's a big, big controversial thing right now on social media. And I've got a little bit of a backlash for it because I think people assume that I am against, so against certain things when it comes to um, holistic or force-free or fear-free. And I am not against the, the, some of their methods at all. I'm only against the word in use because I think it makes people like you or me, if we weren't to advertise, but we are these kind of groomers, it makes us look like, but we're barbaric and we don't care. Yeah, I, I think the, the terminology could, could do with changing, to be honest. If I'm going to use um, anything with the dogs that I work with, then I, in, in front of the client, I'll call it a safety strap. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to call it a noose. No. Because a noose, a noose just puts in mind of a, a hangman's noose. Of course it and, is. Uh, you know, it gives the wrong, exactly the wrong connotation. So I'd never call it a noose. I'll call it a, a safety strap. And, and the belly strap is just the rear safety strap. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. the dog in securely to make sure nothing happens. But yeah. nine yeah. times out of ten, a backdrop does does the job. And I, I found that since using it, I use less and less methods of restraint because the dog has so limited options as to where it can go. Exactly. And, and I've always, <clears throat> excuse me, I've always told people that when you give a dog a lot of room, they're going to want to move around in that room. Where if you give dogs, and it's not, it's, you can see this is where the problems lie, because when you say something, it could come across so so differently. But what I'm saying is if you give a dog less room, but still have room so it can move around, because I'm totally for um, making sure a dog can stretch its legs. It's not natural for a dog to stand like a statue for this long, for long periods of time. But what you've created is, an, you know, you've created um, an item which is beneficial, can't even say that word, to the dog and also to us. Yeah, you know, it works. It, it gives a sense of security, um, especially if, if you've, uh, you're a tall person and you're working on a small dog and you've got one of those brilliant tables that goes up and up and up and up. You know, I get to go in high heels, so God knows how some of these puppies cope if they look down and they see a six-foot drop or a nearly, nearly six-foot drop. Mm -hmm. it, exactly. it must be quite a terrifying experience for them. But if they've got a backdrop in pace, they can't see over the back of the table. So that gives them a secure place, you know, nice, safe place to be in. Exactly. Which helps. Yeah, well, that's true. And I do have to say, when I go anywhere, and I mean, we've been, when me and Common have gone to Spain or various countries we're driving down the street and we're going down up these mountains i'm thinking oh my god that is a huge sheer drop <laughs> and i know with certain dogs like airedales airedales are prone to it i do believe that some dogs are frightened of, of heights and when they do do yeah. that that's when you get the shaking the shaking legs not to say yeah. that they don't do it anyway but certain breeds i'm a firm believer and i was talking to somebody who is um in the dog industry and they said to me dogs don't have traits i'm like yeah they do Oh, really do, yeah. Yeah, they do. Dogs have traits. <laughs> I said that to a Papadale owner. Uh, well, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, so, and it's important for us to, us, us, you know, stylists or groomers to understand the traits. And also, and, you know, when it comes to, you know, the general public that are listening in, when you walk into a shop 
and you see a dog with a belly strap on or you see a dog with a safety aid around its neck or you see a dog which is against a, you know one of your center stage backdrops you know these are there for the dog's benefit and also for the for the for the groomers i know for a fact but my friends who have had shoulder surgery probably hasn't been helped because of their years of grooming by lifting up heavy dogs with their left hand you know or or their right hand if they're whatever handed they are they're lifting up the dogs constantly with their other hand and i know for a fact my shoulder has killed me over the years from lifting up newfoundlands and all these breeds and it's so important that people understand you know what don't overuse things like with belly straps i and i sell belly straps and people always say yeah but you've got an agenda well actually you know what yes i want to sell yeah. belly straps but, <laughs> but yeah yeah exactly yeah. i also tell groomers if a dog doesn't want its legs done back legs put the belly strap on get the legs done and then let the dog sit it's not the end of the world because yeah. once again, we are we're going for the dog's comfort and welfare, and we want the dog to enjoy the experience, don't we? Oh, absolutely! I, I want the dog pulling to come up the driveway. Um, I, I was discussing this actually with another groomer um, very recently, like even last night. That since the COVID lockdown, a lot of dogs seem to be quite reluctant to come in. You know, dogs that were really happy and pulled their way up the driveway before are starting to become a bit more reluctant about coming in. So yeah. I, I think a lot of people being at home all the time has caused maybe issues that we haven't thought about might be happening. Exactly. Um, which yeah. will need rectifying over the next couple of months. Well, Fingers yeah. Crossed, don't go back into that. I mean, you know, when it comes to lockdown, you know, that, that could be a whole, whole new podcast. Because I know a lot of people have asked me, have you noticed the amount of new dogs that have been bought in lockdown i know my niece called me up the other day and her friend's looking for a dog and i said what kind of dog she went any dog and i'm like okay well you know first we've got to have some kind of understanding but she worked the woman works from home and she's so she's open to suggestions but people are looking for puppies but the the but the downfall from that is you know what if you've got a puppy um just after march of this year and we was in lockdown and groomers weren't working <laughs> Then that puppy it had no socialization yeah. with anything, not the, grooming. It, exactly. It was everything. That puppy yeah, had so. nothing whatsoever. And yeah. um, I, I, I always tell people, you know, what you have to realize is a dog normally leaves a house for a few reasons, and that is to go to the woods and you know for a walk, or it could be to go to the vet, and it, or and or it could be to go to the groomer. And chances are, two of them things, the vet and the groomer, aren't probably on that dog's priority list. <laughs> so yeah. you you kind of have to make it um well, an enjoyable experience it's so so important and that's why i'm stressing to groomers always think about what katie's doing when it comes to working less days grooming less dogs making more money don't be afraid and um and i can mean I, can yeah, I make another suggestion there colin go ahead and um, it may be a tad controversial but if you're working on your own, you might want to consider the number of big dogs that you groom. Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. Because that, that to me, was always a killer. Um, financially, as well as, um, uh, as physically. Mm -hmm. because, I agree, uh, I agree. It, it wasn't until 2015 when I caught Lyme disease that I had to give up big dogs. And I was really concerned that that was going to decimate my turnover. 
But in actual fact, it nearly doubles it. Wow, exactly. Well, so because I can, could I you can do more, more small dogs. dogs. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. And charge more or less the same money for them. Um, and there's no tear up afterwards. Well, a bit, but, but not a lot. So and the Lyme disease, do you mind if I ask you a question about that? So, no, of course, yeah. So did you get, so, so how did you get that? Um, I was bitten by a spider. It wasn't a tick. I'd taken oh, wow. enough ticks off of, to know what the difference is. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a double puncture mark on my ankle, which then turned into an erythema migrans rash, which is the posh name for the bullseye rash that's so common for Lyme sufferers. And um, I went to see my doctor who patted me on the head and said, you can't get Lyme disease in Ascot, dear, and refused to believe it. So I spent a week fighting, going anywhere I could trying to get a diagnosis. And I ended up threatening to sue Frimley Park Hospital if they didn't give me the doxycycline I needed, which they did. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was too late. And so now I have it for life. So by the time the blood test results came back positive, um, it was too late. Wow. That's crazy. So is that is that a medication that you have to take for that or is it something that you just have to live with? No, it's something you have to live with. Um, I'm lucky. I, I fight it hammer tooth and nail with fairly good diet and lots of vitamins and herbs and things. Mm. And uh, that seems to keep it under control. But it does cause a massive amount of fatigue. Um, the only thing I can liken it to is, is like being 16 weeks pregnant the whole time. He's just always exhausted. Oh, I can relate to that. Yeah, of course you can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That must be terrible. Yeah. So I, I had to give up the big dog because I didn't have got the energy to do it. And I, it was actually quite astonishing at what a massive difference that made to my turnover um, in that I wasn't exhausted and I could do more smaller dogs. And it didn't actually make any difference apart from a positive change to my turnover at all. So where did the size of the dog stop? Did it what, spring a spaniel or...? or No, it's cocker. Uh, anything, my current limit, I won't put a new dog on the books if it's going to mature over eight kilos. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I am literally specifying on the micro market. I love little dogs. And mm-hmm. the smaller they are, the better. And the more breakable, the better. And the more other groomers hate them, the more I love them. Um, but I've still got a couple on the books which are around the 20 kilo mark and i have to say they are heart sink i come up in the diary and my heart sinks when i see it oh boy because i find that hard work um (laughs) excuse me uh, but uh, the the ones that i did keep on the books the slightly larger ones are generally really really well behaved and they will either jump on or off the table themselves or in or out the bath themselves and definitely in and out the dryer on their own oh wow you know what i've always been amazed when people like Oh, I hate grooming little tiny Yorkies. I'm thinking, oh my god, I could groom. I, I, could, I could groom them all day long. Yeah, give me, me, too, me give too. me Schnauzers, Yorkies, any of them small breeds, and yeah. I could literally. And he, I mean, even Shih Tzus. And you know, when people are trying to build up on speed, and they are, you know, obviously when groomers go to grooming school, they can normally only when they leave that they can comfortably probably do one or two dogs, and you know what they have to realize is, you know, eventually they're going to have to learn how to multitask. And I always say you do that by coat type. So if you're going to have two dogs in at the same time, have it of, you know, one dog, if you, if it, if one dog's a poodle, make the other dog like a Westie yeah. or Shih Tzu. 
and that way you yeah. can you can you can wash and dry the first dog, let it sit and dry naturally. Because what people have got to realize is it's good for a dog's skin to have it dry naturally, or blast it and then you know put, you know obviously put it in a crate after it's been blasted. Not saying let it dry natural from soaking wet. But then they can start on the dog that the coat needs the more attention, the more fluff drying, and so on and so forth. Um, yeah. And I think people, you know, will finally get to that stage because, and also I tell them, if you're doing a one-to-one service, once again, this is a specialised service, so you should be charging for it. I actually do two at a time, Colin. I take two in at nine in the morning and then two in again at one o'clock. Yep. Because I found that it gives me more time with each dog if they're both bathed simultaneously yep. and they're dried simultaneously. It means I can do their teeth while they're sitting in warm lavender-infused towels, which dries them pretty much naturally. And then there's very little blasting required at the end of it. Yeah. Uh, but when I during the, the lockdown period, immediately afterwards, where it was one in, one out, disinfecting in between every single dog, um, I found that an hour and a half is not a long time to be doing between each dog. No, it's not. To do, to do one dog, whereas I can comfortably do two dogs in three hours. Exactly, exactly. So it is, it is a case of dovetailing, and, and I do pick the dogs very carefully so that I've got a smooth or drop-coated dog in with a fleece coat, mm-hmm. um, or a lot of my dogs are coming in pairs because they are from the same household, and they generally go to the same breed. So it's either an easy an easy ride or not so easy ride if they're cockatoo owners but they're all educated now and they all come in mat free and they all get a rosette if the dog comes in without a knot on it they get a rosette at the end of it saying i was mat free today and they all see see this is where things could change dramatically and you know what i've always told people about the you know the little devil and little angel certificates which you which i used to give in america so if a dog was a, a a little little devil uh, for the lack of a night that's the nicest word i'm going to say the, the rudest i'm going to be um then <laughs> i always told the owner the truth because i never told the owner but their dog was an angel because if there were if there was one day that i accidentally cut the tongue or the ear or somewhere else or had some other accident and i said oh that's because you know fluffy was how fluffy is well and they could turn around and say well you've never told but me he's always angel, yeah so it's so important to be so so important to be honest but what you just said i think that's a great idea you can buy rosettes cheap 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 from the internet little you know and or or you can have them made with um with you know with something on them and people love that because it's a conversation piece isn't it yeah they do well the the dogs go out with um a rosette i actually hand make the rosette because I, i i quite like doing crafty things like that yeah and uh-huh. uh, um, so the, the dog goes out with a rosette that they wear on the collar, which has got my logo on it, which my son cleverly 3D designed on his printer and, and prints for me. So awesome. that, that's advertising my business. Um, but if the dog was not free, they get one which has got a little fridge magnet on the back so they can slap it on their fridge and they can start counting them. That's really, really clever. That's really, really clever. They were were dirt cheap. I found them on eBay, and um, I had the stickers made up to go on them because they come blank, little red ones with a blank centre. And I had the stickers made up because it's easier to do that than it is to print them yourself, to be honest. Yeah. Um, And I think that cost me a fiver for 500 stickers. I mean, that's going to last me all year. 
Exactly. Well, exactly. They have to work for it. They don't get a sticker. They don't get that I was great at the groomers or I uh, I was totally not free award unless they actually were great at the groomers or they were um, not free. Um, There's well, no point giving them out to everyone. No, exactly. And, and the, 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 that's one thing. You have to be... You have to only give it out to people that actually warrant it. Because you know what? If, once again, we have to, you know, stop thinking all the time with our hearts. And we got to say, no, nope, no, nope, this dog was not that free today. It's not going to get a rosette. And, you know, and, and you can even say to the owner, oh, you were close to getting that rosette today. But I'm sorry, yeah, but Fluffy absolutely. had a few mats in there. But hopefully next time, if you keep doing the work you're doing. And, um, yes, and, and point out where they miss. Like I had a little multi puppy in this morning, um, who is absolutely adorable. First room, and all she's missing. I, I said, if you imagine that tail is the centre of a clock, and you go two centimetres out all the way round, that is the only area you're missing on this puppy. The only area that I could find some slightly packed fur. So that's what you need to comb out next time. Mm -hmm, exactly. You know, ed educate, educate, educate the whole time because it makes your life easier in the long term. That puppy will come in not free next time. Absolutely, and that makes yeah. me. Yeah, exactly, and and also, you know, you're saying educate, educate, and that means that people, if you think you're a person and you say I don't like people, you know what? You got to get over. You're that. in the wrong industry. You got, you got to get over that fact, and you got to deal with it, and and you've got to give customer service because I always say to people once again, you know what? You can be an average and even a below average groomer and have the best people skills. And if people like you as a person and they like it when they walk into your shop and it smells nice and you greet them with a smile and you acknowledge their name and the dog's name and you talk to them, they will always come back to you. Always yeah, come absolutely. back to you. You know, and it, yeah. it, it just, it's, it's trying to, you know, have people understand and you know what? And, you know, when you go on Facebook and you see people, you know, complaining about their customers, don't follow that example either. Because you know what? Our customers go on to Facebook also, and they must read some of these comments. And you know what? To be fair, if I was looking at somebody's Facebook page and I saw them slaying a bunch of customers, I don't think I'd want to go there. No. Absolutely. I, I have to say, if I don't like a customer, I simply fire them. There's Good. no point in working with people you don't like. No, exactly. I totally agree. Totally agree. You know, I mean... It doesn't, it doesn't matter who they are or how important they are. We, we've got quite a few very important people in our area. If they don't respect me, my business and my terms, then, then they can move on to somebody else. Yeah. Hey, you know. Irritate them, muck up their diary, not mine. Well, you know what? Respect is respect. And you know what? It doesn't matter. I mean, I mean, uh, well, over the years of me grooming, I've groomed some um, uh, um, incredibly famous people. And people always are amazed. I'm thinking, yeah, but you know what? At the end of the day, they are a person. And they still do the same stupid things that everybody else does when it comes to not brushing their dogs or whatever it may be. And I don't treat them any differently. I talk to them the same way, but I always say it in a humorous way. Oh, my God, so-and-so. You've not been brushing, you know, fluffy again today, have you? And they're like, oh, no, I'm sorry, Colin. <laughs> because they know, and you can make yeah. a, you, you can make it into a little, you know, a little laughing party, but come back to the reality and say, okay, but next time I'm not going to deal with this. And, you know, and th this is where we have to stop and say, you know what, 
I'm running a business here. I'm not running some kind of hobby shop. I'm running a business and I'm going to make a living from this. Yeah, absolutely. And and people, you, if you give them a piece of rope, they'll hang themselves with it eventually, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do tend to take liberties if you allow them to. So if you, if, if for instance, you don't get on the phone when they're five minutes late and say, where are you? Then the next time they're 10 minutes late and then they're 15 minutes late and then they're running into the next appointment and then you're not getting a lunch break because they didn't pick up for 15 minutes after they should have done. Mm-hmm. And all these things are really important. You need to schedule your day. Um, I, I call it a lunch break, but in actual fact, it's where I stuff food down my face while I'm making calls and making, doing emails and servicing backdrop orders and stuff like that. I, I kind of need that hour in the day when I don't have children around also doing stuff. Yeah. Much as I love them, they're quite hard work. Um, and you need to have that hour, and you don't need the customers eating into that. So we all have to realise that it's a very tight ship and, and the schedules are tight and everyone can do their bit to, to help with that. Exactly. And, and you know what I mean? It's the way it, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I mean, I was going to do um, a single podcast with myself the other day and I did it a couple of times and I just raised it. But me and you can talk about this before we have to leave. Um, I was on Facebook the other day and I, re- I repost and I normally now private message the person if I think I can help them. So this this lovely young girl, she's a mobile groomer, and she actually does mobile grooming within the person's house. So not only does she have to drive there, but she's got to unload her table, her grooming equipment, so on and so forth, put it into the owner's house, set it all up. Anyway, cut a long story short, she went to the, her client's house who confirmed that day, knocked on the door, and there was no answer. And um, my my message to her was, how much service charge do you charge? And she went, it's all in with the price. And this is the most common answer I hear in the UK because mobile grooming, even though we have mobile vans over here, it's still, it, it, it is still kind of new. And they all say to me, no, it's all in with the price. And I say to them, well, I'm saying this because I need to... It shouldn't be, should it? Because no. it, it got to, where could you get an electrician to arrive on your doorstep it doesn't charge a call out absolutely and and or or well you know what if you get into a taxi the minute you get into a taxi especially a london taxi it's two pounds 80 on the clock yeah so just to get in that taxi you're paying two pounds 80 and i say what i was trying to say and i i express this with all the mobile groomers in the in the uk when you have a vehicle and you have to drive to that person's house you have to pay MOT, you've got to pay tyres, and believe me, when you get an MOT, it's either a £35 MOT or it turns into a £500 bill because of tyres and all that. But you have petrol, you you know, there's all these add-ons and that service fee, whether it be £10, because, you know, she was saying, well, my all-in price is 36 I'm thinking, my God, after you take out everything that you've spent, you're probably on minimum wage. I can't even see she'd be on that. Yeah, exactly. Because, uh, yeah, I mean... How long did it take her to groom the dog? Uh, <laughs> she can get in there, set up and groom it and be out of there in like 20 minutes. I can't see how on £36 you could make anything at all. No, exactly. Exactly. But you I, might as well turn up and post £10 through their letterbox. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I said, 
you know, if if you wanted to charge thirty six pounds, you know what you you charge whatever you want to charge. But I would put a ten pound fee on top of that because in America, then this was back in the this was back in the nineties. We would charge fifteen dollars to drive to your house, thirty five dollars for the first hour, five dollars for every fifteen minutes after. So you can guarantee you'll be leaving that house about about seventy or eighty dollars. Yeah. You know, and that's and that money, the fifteen dollars. That would go into a separate fund, which which then pulled you, out of, pulled you out of ditches in the snow, flat tires, MOT, servicing on the vehicle, tax on the vehicle, all them things. And some of these people have a van payment. So if you've got a vehicle through financing, how the hell are you paying for that finance when, you, when you're charging that rate? It doesn't make any sense. So I'm hoping if you're a mobile groomer, Always remember, but if you get if you are if you're if you're given a service which is a convenience, convenience means you should charge extra. In my opinion, I would expect to pay extra, and I've done it. I bought crap on Facebook before, and they said, "Do you want it delivered for an extra fiver?" Hell yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, because it's convenient, and that's why we do. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine trying to park in the UK. Um, you got to find a place to park. You've got to find a place to plug in. You've got to do this. I mean, come on, guys, please, for yourself, just charge a little bit more. But anyway, yeah. um, before we leave, first of all, Katie, you've been amazing. Thank you. And, um, you know, and I think if you could give your closing statement, if you could give anybody any kind of advice, first of all, before I go there, what would you, um, do, do, you, do, you do, any, do you supply with any training? at all can like come some no. <laughs> she said that <laughs> no. no no so katie will not I, I, may, I may start doing that when i've got my fridays off as from january next year so that you know that to give me more time to spread wings and and do stuff yeah because so, i think so that's maybe something i would look at doing i mean personally like i think you, somebody would benefit coming to you just to maybe watch and they can help you you know when it comes to multitasking i think people can learn but it made me laugh when you went no because i understand yeah. it. people think training is easy but training is not easy okay the second i, I do love it though do you not get a massive buzz when you see that light bulb moment come oh god yes yeah. i mean that is that is just it's wonderful it's a fabulous moment finding jesus i call it <laughs> you find Jesus, I haven't found Jesus yet. Okay, you'll find Jesus, I promise you. And it is that light, but you're like, and, and yeah. it's a very, and I tell students this all the time when they're on their grooming course for the, I mean, it could be a 30 day grooming course and on the 25th day, they're like, Colin, I'm, I'm, I'm just not getting it. On the 26th day, boom, a light bulb, not the light bulb, which sends you on your journey to be an amazing business groomer, but the light bulb where you finally get it. You understand yeah. why you're doing the snap-on comb, why you're using that kind of number, snap-on comb, blah, 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 blah. Um, okay, so yeah. second question, where can they find your backdrop? Center um, that's on a, a website called centerstagedog.co.uk. Sense the, and that's the English way of spelling it, C-E-N-T-R-E. R-E, not, not the American yeah. way. So Americans, yeah. if you're listening to this, it's R-E. So that's www.centerstagedogs.co.uk. 
That's right. That's me. And you'll find the other little products that I've done to make life a bit easier, like the hourly rate calculator and the VIP calculator. Um, all those things uh, are on there as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know what? I think I, w- I would like to talk to you again sometime and we can talk about the add-ons and all the all the little um, spa treatments you you do supply because I know you did mention about the lavender towel and things like that and I think this is important for people to also understand when you are offering an extra and you've gone out of your way and you've bought an extra product you have to make that money back so I think we can come back maybe one day and do do like a half hour quickie um, podcast on add-ons but Katie you've been amazing um um what one more thing if you could tell anybody tell somebody your wisdom um and a little bit of advice what would it be concentrate on small dogs there you go there you go concentrate on small dogs don't feel like that's right don't feel like you have to groom every single dog in the town concentrate on the small dogs what what um katie said also i love what helen said the other day in the podcast when she said run your own race don't chase others do your own thing and um you will have a successful business and you don't have to be a competitive groomer um or anything to be i'm not saying putting them down because i've i always tell people if you want to compete go for it because it's very very addicting um go for your qualifications that's really important and enjoy what you do and, you know, groom less dogs and make more money. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to let you go, Katie, and I'm going to just leave with a little, little bit of music here. So have a great day. Thank you very much, Katie, and I'll talk to you again. Thank you. Thank you very much, Colin. Bye. Bye.